Hi, my name is Jen Rulon, and you may know me as Coach Jen. After knocking out 15 Ironman triathlons, I am an everyday healthy human just like you. In this podcast, we will discuss how to metamorphosize into an everyday healthy human through healthy physical habits and mindsets, as well as authentic living. Let's transform together in this journey called life and become the best everyday healthy human ever. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Everyday Healthy Human Podcast. My name is Jen Rulon, and some of you may know me as Coach Jen. Today, our guest is Anna Olson, who I found through Joe uh, Rinaldi, And Joe talked to me, I interviewed him for one of my podcasts, which is in one of the episodes, go check it out. And Joe explained to me that Anna is a triathlete and she is a runner. And I thought I immediately needed to bring her on board and join the Everyday Healthy Human podcast because I know we've all started somewhere. Anna, thank you so much and uh, welcome. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here and just talk everything, try and new beginnings. Exactly. So can you give the followers like a one to two minute spiel on who is Anna? Sure. So I am originally from Minnesota. I grew up with three younger siblings. Um, We grew up in the great outdoors. So did everything outside, um, had a lot of play time in the woods, grew up hunting. And I grew up as a swimmer. I started swimming at the age of five and just fell in love with anything being in the water. Land stuff, not so much. So my only sport was swimming for a while. And then I kind of got sick of swimming. And when I was 15, I wanted to try something new and be different. And I saw a newspaper clipping of a a local triathlon. And I was like, oh, I think I could do that. And so with not any training besides the swimming aspect, I jumped into this local try and at 15. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably That's incredible, girl. the hardest thing I did in my 15 years of life on a huge mountain bike and like no running background because swimmers just, they don't run. I didn't know proper running form. I didn't enjoy running. It hurt my body. And for some reason, I fell in love with the sport of try. And honestly, the rest is kind of history from there. <laughs> right, right. So you have done how many half Ironmans? I've done six half Ironmans and two full Ironmans and currently training for my third full Ironman. Which, uh, which one are you doing? Which one I'm are you doing, getting ready um, for? British Columbia Penticton. I like to travel ah, for my races. Yes. Yes. Uh, my uh, ex-husband and I, we used to do tr- uh, racecations. Oh, fun. Racecation. So like exactly. you travel and then afterwards you go on a vacation. It was it was beautiful. But uh, we've been to Penticton. It's absolutely stunning. Absolutely gorgeous. We I really enjoyed my time up there. I was a spectator. I wasn't an athlete there. So it was fun watching. Well, very good. What other two Ironmans have you done? Uh, Madison last year, the one that it was raining the entire time. Yes. And then um, my first one was Lake Placid. So I, I like the hilly mountainous ones. <laughs> yes, you do. You should do uh, Ironman Mont Tremblant one, yes, one year. I did the half there. It was, you did. So I you did. know. 
Yeah. Yep. Oh my yeah. gosh. It was, and I did that as a solo trip and then did a solo camping trip after. And it was, okay. it was so fun being immersed in their culture and the nature right. and the triathlon community. It was such an experience. It is. It is. Yeah. It, Tremblant is one of my favorite races and it's probably because I qualified for Kona there. So I qualified for half world champs there. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Where it was that at St. George. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a hard race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. St. George is hard. Yeah. We'll talk. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that because we could, <laughs> we, you know, Anna, we could probably sit here and talk like war stories about the triathlon, but not everybody wants to do a triathlon or a marathon. So <laughs> I sort of want to talk a little bit about your journey because like you said, that was one of the hardest things you ever did for yourself at 15 years old. You saw it, like, was there a motivation behind it? Was there a, I can do that? Was it that you talked to your mom or do you know your why? I never have liked to do what other people do. And I didn't have any friends or other swimmers because I was just always surrounded with my swim swimming community that did triathlons. I just didn't like swimming anymore, but I knew that I didn't want to leave swimming completely. And the swim club that I was in, we had to swim year round unless you had another sport, which I didn't have another sport. So I was like, well, if I do a triathlon, (laughs) that could be my other sport. And I didn't have to swim six days a week. Another thing is just like, I see something and I want to see if I can do it. And so it was something that I'd never done before. And I haven't, I didn't know anyone that did triathlons either. And so I just kind of wanted to prove to myself that I could do something different. And it wasn't necessarily to prove to other people because I didn't really care what other people thought of me. (laughs) I kind of just did my own thing. And I realized that there was just so many different things to try off on that I wanted to get better at. It took me a few years to actually like hone in on the training of triathlon because I didn't really train throughout high school even throughout college. But then when I learned about what an Ironman, like I didn't know what Ironman was, even when I started tries, but I met my husband and we heard what Ironman was and we were like, that's cool. And we wanted to do that. And I was like, well, I have to run a marathon. (laughs) Like what? I'll actually have to train for that. So I decided as a junior in college, that I needed to run. And so I just signed up for a race and I gave myself a year to train because I knew that it was an endurance race and that at that time my body was not, I I couldn't even run a mile. (laughs) So I was like, I need to like actually prepare myself to do 26.2 miles. That's amazing. That's amazing. What, uh, when you signed up for a race, did you sign up for Ironman? I signed up for a marathon first. I knew that I wanted to okay. do an Ironman, but before I signed up for an Ironman, I was like, I need to make sure that I can actually do the last part of the Ironman by itself. So in Minnesota, if you know, it's extremely cold. Well, I signed up for Twin... Yeah. <laughs> so I signed up for Twin Cities, which was in October, but I signed up... like It was like a New Year's resolution type thing. So I signed up January 1st. And that winter was so cold. I couldn't run outside until like probably springtime. So my first time 
starting to train for runs was on a treadmill. And I honestly think that that's what helped me because it allowed me to just understand what pacing was. And I didn't really care. I just didn't care what my pace was at the time. I didn't have fancy gadgets. I didn't have Strava. And I didn't have this like ego of like other people looking at my paces and wanting to be super fast. And so I think I really learned how to run slow to be fast right away from the get-go. 100%. Um, But I spent the first like three January to about April just running on the treadmill just because it was just so cold, the snow, the ice. And then I thought I could, I was like, how am I going to run outside? And then when I finally did run outside, I was like, why would I ever go back to a treadmill? Right. As, as I used to call it, dre- the treadmill, right? The treadmill. Yeah. I'm trying to be more positive about it because the treadmill is, is a good training aspect. <laughs> Agreed on the aspects of not being so negative because you're right. It is a great tool. And especially with the weather that you, you guys have up in Minnesota. I mean, I was, I, I was born in Michigan and I uh, lived in Wisconsin. So I get it. I get it all too well. And I have an athlete in Wisconsin and, you know, it's crazy. Like he's like, well, I can't really open my pool up until like mid-June and, you know, end of June, right? About this time, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It seems to me as a swimmer at a young age, you developed a really strong mindset. Yeah. So, I think growing up on a swim team and then just also having like my support system with my family, like my parents, was always getting out of your comfort zone. And so from day one, it was always getting out of your comfort zone and trying to enjoy getting out of that comfort zone. And obviously as a kid, I didn't always like enjoy all aspects of that, but I definitely fell in love with working hard. And in swimming, I was never the best swimmer, but I was also never like the worst. I was like that medium middle of the pack, but I worked my butt off and my coaches would see that and I would get praised for like how hard I would work and um, like to the points where I would like pass out in the middle of a workout just because I was like, I would like push myself too hard sometimes because I loved working hard. I knew that I wasn't going to be the best swimmer on the swim team. We had a stacked swim team very deep. We had a lot of girls go D1, go pro. I don't have the body of a swim. Like I'm not tall. I so I just there's other ways where I was like, well, if I'm not going to be recognized as the, the best swimmer, I'm going to be recognized as the hardest working swimmer. So that was my way of like being the best. And then I kind of just fell in love with the grind. Um my dad has always from day one uh, from a little kid is like, just gotta get out of your comfort zone. Just gotta do it. Smile and do it. And would always support and encourage us. And so I think that's just like where that love of the grind and um, working hard came from. Mm -hmm. Do you think that mindset has helped you with the business side of things like your job? Like you told me that you were a teacher and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm out and now you're working for a running company. I, I think a lot of people think that they have to stay in that okay, I'm a teacher. I signed up to be a teacher. But how long were you teaching for before you left? I was only teaching for four years. And that was a really hard decision. Because at first, I was like, well, I'm quitting. And I grew up 
quitters don't quit. Like you don't, you don't quit. You can't quit and you suck it up and you just grin and bear it. And I was realizing that being in the classroom, I was losing aspects of my life that defined me and allowed me to be happy um, and healthy. And triathlon being one of them, it's a very demanding sport. And the way I, I really want to try to qualify for world and Kona and it takes a lot of time and dedication, but I also like the outdoors and traveling and camping. And so all of my passions and love just like weren't really fitting with the teaching education lifestyle. And so I just kind of had to get out of my comfort zone <laughs> and leave the classroom and, and kind of just like take that risk of leaving a profession that I went to college for and tried something completely new. And now I work fully remote with a company that supports running, is all about running and understands the work-life balance importance of being an adult. It, and it's crazy. Like sitting here talking to you, I'm like, she's 28. Like, <laughs> I wish I had your mindset at 28. And I think I did. I think I see very similar parallels on the on life, you know, like I, my first Ironman was when I was 30. So, um, but still the same parallels of like, one, you don't quit. You, you know, yeah, I was a terrible basketball player, terrible volleyball player, but I went out and tried. My gymnastics, I think my, I did gymnastics for one year, no, two years. And like, what I, I got a, I scored like a one on the bars. <laughs> I'm like, hey, that means I'm number one, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, you tried. You know, I mean, I tried. I was awful. And I was sitting there laughing the whole time. And anyways, but like, I love how like just you talking, I'm like, God, she's so mature at that age. But I think a lot had to deal with, a lot has to do with your sports. Like I see the change of like, this is something that, um, I remember learning in my master's, right, as just really the importance of kids having fun, but then also pushing themselves. That sounds like you had fun to a point, but then your family and your parents allowed you to branch out and not be so organized, which is beautiful. Mm -hmm, exactly. And like now with like my training and the things that I do now, I've realized that if I want this to be a full-time thing and be able to do triathlons or just like any, I love endurance races in general to do that for an extended period of time that I have to truly enjoy and have fun with that process. And I think when you start not having fun, that's when it's like a chore and that's when that mental health and your health in general just starts to go down. So if you're not enjoying the process or finding joy in the hard things that you're doing, that's when you're like, well, why am I doing this then? Right, exactly. So for somebody being very wise for her age, what advice could you give somebody that is maybe facing that challenge about, hey, I'm not happy in my job? Maybe I think, look at big picture. Am I not happy because it was just a bad day? Am I not happy because I'm having tasks that are just not fun right now? And kind of like make a list. If you're realizing that you're not happy because it's allowing you not to go outside, it's allowing you not to have time to do you the workouts that you used to enjoy, then maybe it's time for a change and 
finding a new position or talking to your management or whoever it needs to be to be like, okay, something needs to give here because I am not happy in X, Y, and Z. Like just like standing up for yourself and like your happiness, it gets overlooked once you are in a career, I think. And when I was in the classroom, that's kind of like what I started to realize. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think this is something I used to do, the pros and the cons. Like if I wanted to leave this position, what do I need to accomplish? You know, first of all, what are the pros and cons? But then I also say, what do I need to accomplish before I leave? And then once I I tick those off, and it, it might take a year, it might take six months to tick those things off. But once I did that, I was like, okay, I'm done. I've done what I needed to do. Same thing for me with the Ironman. Like at my 15th Ironman, I said, okay, universe, I need two things from you. Either one, I cross the finish line in the top two of my age group and I go to Kona. This is Ironman Florida. So these are fast ladies, you know? Yeah. And I'm in that 45 to 49 age group at that time, right? Or number two, I cross the finish line with my best PR ever. Doesn't matter where I rank and I'm done. Cross the finish line, play seventh in my age group. But I did a 10.46.47, my best race of my life. And I'm like, I'm done. And it was just talking and just really asking like for guidance. And that guidance could be from your higher power, God, universe, family, friends, you know, but I think you have to find it, right? Mm -hmm. You have to do a little self-check. You do have to do a self-check. Yeah, exactly. What habits have you practiced in your 28 years of living that influenced you to be have a healthier lifestyle other than swimming starting your swimming like like nutrition like how are you nutrition or water or you know whatever oh man well I wish I said I could say that I had like a plan I really don't I that's okay when I was in college I did have a pretty bad eating disorder and I was obsessive um And so I have learned to be very intuitive and just kind of like listen to what my body needs. Um, I think with like this culture, it's like always a diet culture. You have to follow this plan or this plan or this plan. And so I kind of just, I make sure that I fuel my body and I have to remind myself that fuel or food is fuel because sometimes I can get into those bad habits. When I want to sweet, I listen to that because if I don't, then the next day I'll have an entire bag of chocolate chips, like <laughs> really, really honing in on just like intuitively eating and uh, making sure that I am full and not hungry, especially with all the training that I have been doing. I wish I had a better answer. But <laughs> no, I think, well, first of all, I, I want to say acknowledge, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that because I think a lot of people just shy away from it to talk about that. And, and I think it's uh, something that we as society need to talk about more because it's we hide behind the phones, we hide behind the, the gram and all the social media. And so thank you for opening up about that. Maybe I need to get you on again and we talk just specifically about that if people want to, you know, talk about that. But um I think that's beautiful. What's your favorite um this is totally random. What's your favorite like go to uh snack? Right now, it's by a yogurt bowl. We found this like really cool, <laughs> really cool like bulk right? store where it's like local dairy. I usually don't eat a lot of dairy. Yogurt's probably like the only dairy that I eat. 
And it's such good yogurt. And then we have like granola and all the fruit. So it's like a good protein, carb, sweet. It's like all the everything all in one. Are you ready for this? You want to add something to that? Oh, yeah. Add a, add a half a scoop of vanilla whey protein to get more protein. Mix it up with a yogurt. And then you could do some chocolate chips and bananas oh, and a little bit of yeah. whipped cream. And there's your, like your mini banana split for your dessert. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> Might have to try. I, ju- I literally just finished off our yogurt today. But next time, so you're next gonna have time to go we to the get store. yogurt. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm the same thing about the yogurt bowls as well. Where can listeners or where can my followers find you online? So on Instagram, I am Anna T. Olson underscore, and it's two N's in Anna. I don't really go on Facebook. I really just post on my Instagram, but I I respond in DM. So feel free to ask me anything, try or running or ultra or anything, anything related to all those things. I'm happy to catch up. Perfect. So in my journey, uh, in my own very own journey, butterflies have played a big role since the very beginning, I since I started triathlons. And so I always have to ask uh, my followers or my guests at the very last question is, what is the one final thought that you can give my followers about how to start their own transformation and become their own beautiful butterfly? My one final thought is to make sure you have fun with it. Because if you don't have fun with your journey, it's probably going to be hard to continue that journey. So try to find one little aspect of fun every day, and that'll help keep you moving forward. Beautiful. You, Anna, are a very wise soul, and it's, it's beautiful to connect with you. And I'm, I'm very grateful for you being in the launch of my Everyday Healthy Human podcast. Thank you so much for having me. All right, y'all. If you are loving the Everyday Healthy Human podcast, we would love for you to rate, subscribe, share this episode with your friends, leave a comment, because down in Costa Rica, we say, Ana, you want to help me? Pura Pura vida. Vida. Pura vida. Si. <laughs> Ciao.